I remember when I was young, computers was a huge controversy. Computers was a huge topic. Everybody was arguing, saying this and that about computers. So, now it's not anymore a topic. Why is it? It's been integrated to our life. It has been integrated in our life. Surprisingly, dating has never been controversial. It started being controversial from 1960s. Okay? So the controversy of dating started around 1960s. And you think why? For the longest time, people were required or asked that instead of dating, they had an idea where if I love a woman or them, I'm going to marry her, I'm going to be careful around her until I get married. You know what we call that word? Courting? Yes, exactly. Thank you very much. It was called courting. Yeah. Dating is something that evolves through time. Okay, in courtship, a young man, single, and a young single woman cannot just start relationship because they wish to. They can't. You know what they do? The young man has to go to the father and ask of his daughter so that he can go out. And most people think this is something that happened in the third world, traditional, no, even in the West. Even in the West. So, the first dating doesn't happen with the girl, the first dating happens with who? With the family. If the family are not impressed, you cannot take the hand of the girl and take her out. Not allowed. But something changed in 1960s. I believe some of you are history students, so you might be able to help me out. Mm-hmm. What changed in 1960s? There was a sexual revolution in 1960s. That's when the definition of the intimacy, sexual intimacy between a man and woman was redefined. Am I saying defined? No. I'm saying what? Redefined. And quite a lot of movies starting coming out explicitly that young people were exposing. So completely sexual definition, sexual revolution happened in the 1960s. Before that, even though our society was eroding its values and morals, it still kept marriage intact. Dating became hot topic because our world view started to change. It's not marriage that changed, it's not the dating or the courtship that changed, but our world view what? Started to change. Before, even though we are not committed Christians, at least we respected the values. Now, it's a completely different story. If someone says at this time, let's be honest, I'm not having any sexual intimacy before I get married, what, what, what kind of response do you guys get? If at this time, you count your peers and friends and say, hey, hey, 
I'm not having this, I'm not having any kind of premarital sexual relations before I commit myself. What kind of responses would you guys get? Very important points. Two things. One, you're missing. And the second one is, there is a code that we use it at this time. Test it, try it before you buy it. The principle that runs in our world now is, try it before you buy it. And it runs in everything, even in our lives. So, the second point he said is, how would you know if that person is the right person? My question is, is there such a thing called the right person? Does the Bible tell us the right way of having it, or does the Bible tell us the right person that we have to have it? Which way does it go? The right way. To be the right person, your physical appearance matters. The way you advertise yourself matters. The way you talk matters. The way you're accepted matters. The way you're valued matters. What else? What else would people say if we say, uh, 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 we're not going there? What kind of response would we get? That's very common with young boys. You're not man enough. You're not man enough. That's a very common response. And all this view is sold through our TVs, through our clothes, through our influential people, and even radio and the music that we listen. What we don't know is we are brainwashed daily. And without knowing it, we buy it. When I was young, if someone is going to consider you a man, at least you should try a beard. A beard. Okay? If you don't drink a beer, you're not a man. They wouldn't even let you to, to the gang that they come together and whatever. They wouldn't allow So with that all brainwashing, if I give in, I have started a journey that I cannot stop. Have you realized peer pressure never stops? It keeps on piling. Have you noticed? Peer pressure never stops. It asks you to do one thing, then there is another thing. And you do that, another thing still comes. Until you're broken. And when you're broken, you become a puppet. Or what we call a copycat. You do whatever other people are doing. You cannot stand for yourself. So before we go and talk about dating, if we are going to understand dating, we should know why we are talking about dating. What's the core reason? I'll give you an illustration. If I want to go from Vancouver to Beijing, China, would vehicle be one of the mode of transportation I would consider? Why? It's not equipped to do the task. It is not equipped to do the task. Because if I want to go from Vancouver to Beijing, what, what am I going to cross? 
does he have to do? To cleave with his wife, with a woman, in order to be considered what? Marriage. Now, think of this one. Today I'm going, I'm quite sure I'm going to give you a definition that is going to shock you a bit, but get ready for it. Let's look at the verse. That's why a man leaves his father and mother and is united. I want you to define what this means. United with his wife and become one. Those two things are very important. United and one flesh. Marriage starts by commitment and becomes marriage when the husband and the wife unite intimately sexually. I'll repeat again because this is very important. Marriage starts by what? By commitment between the man and the woman. And it officially, officially, they become a man and husband when the man and the woman intimately have a relation sexually. So, if God's purpose for marriage, to call it marriage, that word is not enough. Their union physically is required. So if someone, without the commitment that God gives or teaches us, goes and sleeps with someone else, Officially, they are married to that person. Hmm. Officially, in front of God, they are what? They are married. I'll repeat it again. If someone goes away without the commitment that he needs to make, goes and sleeps with someone else, in front of God, he has officially what? It's already marriage, but what kind of marriage? Adulterous. That's why in Corinthians, this is written. If a man sleeps with a harlot, he has made his body in union with the same person. He is one with that person. Do you know what that really means? Why, why would God say they are one? For most of people, sexual intimacy is only about pleasure. The answer is no. You connect with your soul. You connect with your mind. You connect with your subconscious. It's not a physical thing. It really impacts even your mind. And if a person sleeps once, his tendency to do it again is? Because, now let me take you to biology. Okay? Urge, sexual urge comes from hormones. Okay? It's not evil. What did I say? It's not? It's not evil. It's hormones. Your hormones working in our mind. If those hormones are activated once, it's difficult to stop them the second time. It becomes more difficult to stop them the third time. Isn't that how addiction works? You're able to stop it right? We'll see how we can stop it. But naturally, now I'm still talking what? Naturally. I'm not relating it with God. Naturally, if a person started it once, there is no possibility to stop it the second or second. Because it's already activated. Let, let me make it very simpler. Now I'm going to talk with boys. 
Boys, when we start gym, does it hurt at first? Yeah. But once you get used to it, can you stop it? No. Not really. Even you get sluggish and you don't do it, but what happens to your mind? Always wants to do it. You're not doing it, but your mind goes where? There. The same thing, even though you struggle not to sin, sexual sin, your mind will be always where? That's why the Bible says, if a man desires a woman by heart, he has already committed. Marriage starts with the commitment of the two people that they give word to each other in front of God. And it's full-fledged now when they are intimate with each other. And we'll talk what the problem is if we try it beforehand. So if this is marriage, if this is marriage in front of God, can we have a dating that encourages me to be very intimate physically with the person? And not only that, to date many people, in other words, to kiss many frogs until I find my princess or my prince. Yeah, isn't that the word we use? Whoever is not mine is a frog, but when I, I get mine, he won't be a frog, he will be a prince or a princess. So keep on kissing. That's what's sold in the world, and we're buying it, why are we laughing? So if this is marriage, then can, can, can I cleave or can I become one flesh before I'm married? If you know your destiny, your goal, it's easier to see which mode of transport you could use and utilize. I would like to address one thing before I go today. I have heard quite a lot of arguments that say the Bible is discriminating, especially towards women. For example, for example, why would God call us his sons? He doesn't say daughters. When he, he speaks for all of us, what does he say? Yeah. Sons. You see, God really loves only men. That's why he using sons. But I have a question for you guys. When Christ talks about his church, who is the church? Us. Is it only the boys? No. Or is it only the men? No. Is it only the women? No. Then why is he using the bride? Why is he using the bride? God is never, never discriminating. We are. Because we just take what we want to take. Because if we take all, both of them, it will be challenged to our minds. We don't have an answer to it. But what do we do? We pick and we choose, and then we heard. God has said, I am the Father, but it also said in Isaiah, I am like a mom that nurtures a child. In Isaiah. He used the metaphor of mother and father. He used the metaphor of what? Groom and bridegroom. He used, when it comes to prophecy, Yoel, what did he say? My sons and shout And then I'm going to go a bit deeper. In marriage, man, men are given the role of leading, and women are asked to submit. 
And that really created huge value. I remember when I was young, a girl in my class who refused to be a Christian because he said, submit yourself to your man, to your husband. I'm not doing that. I have, I have a question for you ladies. Would you do anything that Christ did? If, God, if Christ asks you to do something that he never did, I'm not going to ask you. But my question is, would you do anything that Christ did? Yes. Are you guys willing? Follow me in his steps. That's what I'm asking. Yes. Okay. Men. Boys. Are you guys ready to follow in Christ's foot? Yes. Most of the time when we talk about submission and leadership, it's not what we think in the Bible. Let's do this together. I don't have Ephesians 5, 22 to 33, but you guys can read it. But I'll tell you what it says. So, Philippians 2, 6 to 8. Who being in the very nature of? God. His nature is the same with who? God. Is it different? No. Is it less? No. Okay. Did not consider equality with God something to be used. <laughs> Take that for me into your memory. To be what? Used. Be used. To his own what? So what do you say? He's equal with God, but he didn't try to use it for his advantage. Rather, he made himself what? Is that a choice? Yes. Yeah, that's a choice. By taking the very nature of what? He's the very nature of God, but now he's what? Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He did what? And become what? Did Christ submit himself to all this? The question is why? Because he was looking at you and me. It was easy for him to say, I'm God, I'm not doing it. But who was he looking at? Us. The relationship that would come from the Father to us and from us to them. Isn't that what he says in John 17? As I am in you and you are in me, I pray so that they could be in us. That submission brought this relationship. This, the very thing that brought us all together. Submission is not something that tells you you're lower than someone. Actually, it's a service that you give because there is a beauty that comes out of it. Submission is not something that takes your identity or your nature. It is a willingness of once giving in so that you could enhance the relationship. If Christ would not submit, please try to imagine what would happen. The same way. When we say women submit to men, we're not saying women are less than. Not even close. Is Christ less than? Having any sense. If we go to Genesis, what does it say? He created male and female in his own. Mm-hmm. So how, how are they different then? 
It's a role. Would you please say that? A role I play doesn't define my nature. A role that I play doesn't define what? If, that, if we define ourselves by the role we play, I was a janitor, for example, for how many years? For two years. Is that my nature? No. Our role doesn't define our nature. Whether it's a man or a woman, they are both created in the image of God. So, when women are asked to submit, basically what are they asked? So, Christ submitted to the purpose of the Father so we could come. Okay? A woman is asked to submit to the covenant that God gave. Did I say to the man? Hello? Did I say to the man? I did it. I did it on purpose. A woman is asked to submit to the covenant that God made between the man and the woman, which is represented by the man. That's a representation. Most of the time, we don't talk about relationship. We talk about me and her. She's not submitting. He's bossy. But we don't talk about the relationship. God didn't talk about the man. You see, when God created, he used a general word. Man and woman. Did he say, why not? Because he's not interested at who is coming to the marriage. He's interested how they come into the marriage. Because the marriage that is between a man and a woman defines the relationship between the triune God. It's the relationship that really matters. But nowadays, what does the relationship matter at this time? <laughs> Honestly, no. It's all about me. No us. If it was us, it would be great. If the, the, if the man and the woman say us, that would be great. It's all about what? Me. I'm hurting. Did Christ hurt? Did he talk about his hurt? He talked about his hurt. Did he complain about his hurt? No. Why did Christ cry on the cross saying, Father, Father, we have you forsaken? Second. Second time he spoke. When he was praying on Gethsemane, what happened? His sweat changed to blood drops. And what did he say there? If it is your will, what does that show? Is it easy? No. But what did he say? Let your will be done, not mine. I have been in marriage almost 10 years now. I'll tell you one thing bluntly. Is it easy? The answer is N-O. No. I'll tell you bluntly. Is it easy? The answer is, and oh, because one thing we mostly make mistake. I thought I knew my wife, and she thought she knew me. <laughs> but 
But when you come into marriage, and I'm sharing everything of her, and she starts sharing everything of me, then you start to see your real self. What did I say? You start to see your real self. Most of us, we have a good picture of ourselves. Hey, I'm good. I don't really hurt a person. I don't even hurt a fly. I'm good. I will just wait until you're married. Yeah? I will just wait until you're married. Because in marriage, I say, is it difficult? Is it easy? No. Is it enjoyable though? Yes. Weird, yeah. I'll explain the facts. Okay. What makes it easy? Or what makes it difficult? I said, is it difficult? I said, is it easy? Sorry. I said, no. What makes it difficult? Is there a person here who believes that I am selfless? I'm not selfish at all. <laughs> Can anyone stand up and say, no, not selfish? If you're selfish, you will always have a struggle. That's why we need who? Jesus. Because he takes us to the cross. cross where we die. Okay? That's why we need who? So, when Christ is in our heart, he doesn't only give us what? Life. He gives us the willingness, the understanding, the life, so that we can willingly go to the what? Cross. Cross means he sacrificed your what? When I say when I say cross, it doesn't don't don't think of the nails that's going through your hands. It's basically sacrifice your ego. Who said that? Thank you. So I'll try to picture in a brief way my marriage in the first five years. So that that will be facts for you guys. Okay? So from the very things my wife speaks, from the very things my wife acts, from the very things that she does with other people. I thought I knew. I thought, don't forget that word, I thought. And from all those things she also thought she knew, me. I love this guy, I remember the same thing, I love this lady, I cannot, I'm not passing by. So, we got married. When I was single, I had all the space, I had all the time, I had all the resource, I had everything for who? Jesus. Me. Yeah. Mm. But there is nothing left for who now? Not only that, what does the Bible say? Let the man leave to please who? His wife. <laughs> and the wife leave to please who? So I know this truth and I'm selfish. I know the truth, but I'm still what? Selfish. selfish. Knowing that she did some things, I would walk as if I didn't see it. Knowing what I have to do, I would try to act blind. Knowing what I have to sacrifice, I would act as have nothing to sacrifice. Now, this is the difficulty. I know the truth in front of who? God. And I know what I'm doing with my? So I'm sandwiched between the right thing to do and the selfishness that I have in me. Is that easy? 
The worst thing in life is to fight with yourself. The worst thing in life is to fight with who? It's easier to fight with something else because it's outside. But the one fighting, your conscience is where? Inside. Try to give him Coca-Cola or a sandwich or a pizza. Your conscience won't change. It's always there, bright and glowing. So, marriage is not difficult because you have someone else. It's difficult primarily because I'm... Thank you. And if you don't admit that you're selfish, you don't have a solution for it. The first thing the Bible says is confess. And the second thing, and I'll, I'll, there are a lot of reasons, but I'll stop with the second one. So we can go to David. The second reason. Men and women are completely different. We are completely it takes time to know them. And it takes time for them. So if there is no proper communication in between, all you are going to end up doing is fine. And sometimes you fight on the very minor things. And when you settle down and you come down and you talk to each other, it was not even an issue. Some people 
are given to be what? Single. Others are gifted to be married. The single ones, they show the ministry devotion towards Christ. The married ones reflect the marriage of the Lamb and the Bride here on earth. They are doing two different purposes given as a gift from God. In Jesus Christ by himself have said some people are born without the capacity to give birth. So they cannot marry. They are married. Okay? Even Christ has said that. Some people, they choose to make themselves for a cause. Wait, wait, can you repeat what you just said? The first one is born like that. The second one, they choose to make themselves for a cause. What about the children? Like, who can't give birth? Did you say that? Infertile? It's not only infertile. Yeah. By birth, they, they, they don't have, the, the, uh, once they are born, they don't have the capacity, they don't have the desire, nothing else. Oh, they just don't want it. No. So now, one thing or They don't have the desire, they don't have the capacity, they don't want it. All of it together. Those are born like that. The second one, they, like Paul, which they chose for, for a cause. That's what Christ said. That's the second one. Third one are those who are given into marriage. That's where Christ said, do not, do not try it if you're not gifted. And if you want that verse, just let me finish this one and I'll give it to you. Let me continue first now. Okay? Let me continue. So the first one, we talked about the taste of heaven. The second one, we talked about maturity. Why, 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 why does it help us in maturity? Because you live for who? For the other person. You live for who? Each other. For each other. So you live for the other person. The most difficult thing to do in life is to live for someone else. It's always easy to say, me, I, me, and I. Even without thinking you can say it. But you need to discipline yourself in order to sacrifice for someone. And the third one. It is the perfect place where you can raise your children. It's the perfect place where you could what? Raise your children. Showing the fatherly nature of God and the motherly nature of who? God. So for those three reasons, I will still choose what? Okay, if that's the case, what is dating then? Okay, it's the beginning. Is it the, the middle one? It's the beginning, the point where you start to have a relationship. What kind of relationship? Romantic. Between, this is very important, between what? Two other opposites. And the third one is, they are heading towards what? Commitment. They are heading towards what? Commitment. What's the commitment? Marriage. So if you are not, if you are dating for the sake of fun, that's not Christian dating. Christian dating is where you start a relationship between two opposite sex and they are adults and they are heading towards marriage. Why do we date? This is common for everyone. 
have the sense of what? Longing. When someone likes you and get, shows you affection, we like it, don't we? Yeah. And when you're young and everybody's doing it and you're left alone, what happens? What she said comes up. I'm missing out. I'm left behind. I need to belong to somebody. Forgetting that we already belong to We have a lot of things that we belong to. We don't need to prove additional ones so that people would accept us. Primarily, we belong to the only, the, the author and the finisher of life by itself. And that's enough. If someone accepts me or not, what is going to change? The worst thing they can do is what? Call me a name. Is it going to stick here and spoil with me everywhere? The more I give it credit, their words, the more I'm defining myself without knowing it. Do not allow your environment to define you. We belong to God first. We belong to the church next. Look around you. You belong to each other. Yes. Don't try to create another community where they are kicking you out and kicking you in. You already belong. The third. You already belong to your parents. And the third one is what? Intimacy, which is? We imagine because of the radio, the TV, the magazines, whatever you guys want to call it, we imagine because they show us that if someone is intimate when they are young, they have what? Happiness. And because we are bombarded with that, what do we want to do? We want to get that one. We don't know whether it's true or not. We just believe it because it is everywhere. In accordance to the world. What about in accordance to God? God says, because you already belong to me, I want you to show me by serving the one whom you belong to. That's your... Do you see the difference? God starts because you already belong to him. You are mine. You're defined already. So show it by serving your partner. Value. You are a Christian. You are my son. You are my daughter. If you truly are that, if you have that value, walk with the value that you are already given. God always starts by saying you are what? Given. You already belong to me. You have your value in me. You have your joy in me. That's why you do it. But the world says, go get it, and then you will belong Go get it, and then you will be valued. Go get it, and then you'll have That's why in order to have all this, it's not easy, it's a complex thing. That's why, what do you have to do? Try it before you buy it. Here, you are always told to try it before you buy it. But here, it's a price tag. If someone just wants to date you, basically what they are doing, they are price tagging you. They are buying you out. So they will try you because they bought you, they can throw you. 
On the other side, if someone signs, signing is an agreement. <laughs> Buying is a price tag. Ooh. I'll repeat. Buying is what? Agreement. Price tag. But signing is what? Agreement. An agreement. Can you change it? No. If you agree with the government and you sign a paper, will that signature ever go? No. Bye-bye, no. you're always committed. <laughs> so, God says first sign it, but before you sign it, understand it, and then? Enjoy. Here, if you encourage to discover each other, and what do they tell you? Would you please repeat this word? Allah. Again. Allah. Again. Allah. That's the most dangerous thing to do. Quite a lot of young people believe they are invincible. They can do it. I'm unique. I can do it. Yeah, someone messed up, but I, not me. When, when you do that, you just pull off yourself. Nothing else. But knowing how weak and tempted we are, what did God give us? What did God give us? When the time comes, you don't date alone. When the time comes, you date within, within your community. So, if we are in the Christian community, who is there? The church is there, the parents are there, the friends are there. If a person wants to hide from those three things, something is not right. Yeah, not right. If you believe what you are doing is right, why hide it? Alright. Here is self-serving. It's all about my <laughs> On the other side here it is about it's about self-service. <laughs> Do you see the difference? So why do we, why do quite a lot of people dive in right away today? This is what the world is telling us and we have already paused. It's a qualification of what? Do you know, I have never seen a time or a season in life than the present time where being single is seen as a problem to be solved, as a sickness to be avoided. Yeah? Yeah? As a problem to be solved, as a sickness to be avoided. That's not true. This is the cost of dating. If you're thinking or deciding to date, all these things there. If you date too early, it's possible that you will lose interest in your. You know why? 
Because our mind is fashioned from time to So when we know something and we, we think it's true now, and then we go through something and we experience a different thing, what do we say? That's not right. So we, we try to do to cancel every decision that we have made. But if you take time to know God and His Word first, mm -hmm. you have firm foundation that doesn't change with time or situation. It's always there. If you don't know the Word or God, don't even think about it. What's your foundation? Isn't that what Christ said? Everyone who hears my word looks like a person who builds his house on a And the other person, where does he build? And knowing that they are still trying to build on the sand. I know it's sand, but the world's saying, do it, I'm doing it. So it collapses. The second one is crushing breakups. Because we are not mature, it's early. We are not going to handle the pressure and the pain of Emotional pain is much more difficult than physical pain. And if you don't believe me, ask your parents. The other part is betrayal and rejection. This is going, this, you guys are not going to like it, but I'll tell you. If you date early, and if you're not secure in your maturity, in your finance, in your education, in your purpose, there is a possibility, I'm talking for the men now, there is a possibility for the girl to leave you for another person. Because for girls, security is a big thing. Security is what? A big thing. Do not kid yourselves. Security is a big thing. On the other side, girls, listen to me. Okay? If men, if men do not see that you're mature enough and you will back them up, the moment they see a mature girl, they will turn their face away. No, 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 no. I'm talking about security there. Security for women has to go through spiritual and mental maturity, okay? Financial and a purpose. Those three things are very important. For a woman. On the other side, for a woman, how does a man see the maturity in his woman? Okay, how does he see it? Does he see it through education? No. Or money providence? The best one is emotional. How do they handle conflict? How do they handle what? Conflict. How would they sacrifice when a problem comes? Would they back him up or will they run away? When we are young, because we don't have the foundation, it's easily to be betrayed. I'll leave those ones for you guys to read, but I'll go to this one. When you lose your time and opportunity because you were trying this and trying A, trying B, trying C, you're losing your time and? And because you're doing that, you might not end up finally in the right spot, in the right type of relationship. Because through time, 
you start to lose your what? Your confidence. Because you're breaking up. You have been through rege uh, rejection, betrayal. What happens to you? At first, you're pointing to the person, but at the same time, don't, let's not kill ourselves. Something happens to our heart. We start to lose our confidence. And it forces the relationship between our parents and friends. Sexual sin is there, and more than anything, Am I saying you're not a child of God? Am I saying you're not a child of God? But I'm saying you will break your So when do we date? If this is the case, when is the right time? When is the right time? If all those things do not merge, you better not think of it. Age is 18. Age is what? When, when, when is a young person taught accountable? When they are? At, that, at this time, they are lowering it now to 16, but throughout the history, it has been what? 18. They purposefully are now lowering it. Why is that? We are going to go to politics, which I don't want to do. So, even though someone is 18, if they are not spiritual and mentally mature, if they, haven't, if they are not having their own resources, then the purpose in life, still they need to wait. So all those four aspects need to what? Line up in our lives. Okay, this is the last point I think we'll finish quickly. This is very important and I need your attention. You see, in the Bible, for a use, what does it say? What does it say? Flee. If you are a use, you have to what? I'll repeat again. If you are a use, you have to what? But in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 and verse 2. If I have it, I think I have it. Here we go. If you are a man, does it say flee? No. Do you see the, the difference? Mm -hmm. If you are a youth, what? Flee. Flee. It doesn't say have a date or a girl. It says flee. But if you are a man, each man should have sexual relation with his own wife. It's good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should. So if you are a use, flee. If you are a man, find your woman. I'll repeat. If you are a use, flee. flee. If you are a man, get a woman. If you are a man, you have to remember the four points. Okay? The second part. Children obey your parents in what? Does he say in A, B, C, and D? What does he say? What does he say? If you are a child, it means you are not a man. If you are a child, you are not what? And you don't have excuse to disobey your parents. I wish I could demonstrate what I brought. I can't time up. 
So if you are a youth, flee. If you are a child, obey. If you are a man, find your woman. If you are a woman, find your man. I'll finish with this one. Alright, that seems quite a lot of work. What, what, what do we do while we're waiting? Okay, let's say I'm a child, I'm a youth, I'm not a man, I'm not a woman. What do I do all this time? Set an example. Set what? An example. Through your life. How do we set an example? First, we build the relationship with God, and then we demonstrate it with our brothers and sisters. Build with God, and demonstrate with your brothers and sisters. You cannot set an example. You cannot set an example if you haven't built. I'll tell you what this helps finally. The second one is train yourself to serve others, not yourself. The, the Bible verses are there. And the third one is enjoy your singleness. Okay, what does this help? If this is in our life and we are growing in it, it the life once we get married becomes easier. Because you have trained yourself to what? To deny yourself already. So when you commit, it's not hate. But if you are indulging only yourself, when you commit, you will be the man or the woman who has all the tools to knock out your partner. So God has given you enough time through all those, check the verses there, how you guys would train. Train now. Don't be in haste. Would you please say, don't be in haste. Don't be in haste. You have enough time. To train. And you keep yourself. Before. You sign. And you start the journey. Blessings. God bless you.